0: Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host Ryan McDowell, I'm joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, today we are going to answer some listener questions. It's been a while since we have uh, have opened the mailbag, and as as expected, we are flooded. We got a ton of great questions. I thought we would get lots of rookie draft questions, and we did. But also some some interesting topics uh, about veterans and and strategy and player value, all kinds of things. We got so many. I think we we might have to pull a double header. Are you up for it today?
1: Yeah, I think that's the best way to do it. I'm definitely up for it. As usual, our listeners are awesome. And as soon as you, you open up the Twitter ideas, we get flooded with them. As you mentioned, today's no different. Haven't done this in a while. Obviously, the NFL draft has transpired. In the meantime, so much to discuss, and I'm sure this will, you know, lead to more conversations. And I'm sure you're doing some rookie drafts as we speak. I have one that's basically wrapped up, and then my Superflex one. I only have one Superflex league, is kind of right in the, the, the heart, right in the middle of it all, and I'm making moves left and right. So it's been a blast.
0: Yeah, I've got rookie drafts going. I've got rookie auctions. I've, I'm in two different startup drafts right now. So it has been certainly a busy time of year uh, and and busy at a good time, considering we're we're all still stuck at home. Just to give a little uh, insight into our schedule this week, we're, we're going to do a ton of shows. We're going to record two listener questions episodes. Those will be out uh, about the same time. We're going to start back our Rookie Profile Series with Ray Garvin. Ray will be coming on to uh, take a, another deep look at one of these rookie prospects. We did this uh, entering the, the draft for, for weeks and weeks, months even, leading up to the NFL draft. And now that we have this final piece of information with the NFL draft, the team situation, the, the draft capital we will uh, have, have an even clearer picture of exactly what to expect from these rookies. And then finally, we're going to have uh, the man himself, Evan Silva on to talk rookie rankings as well. That'll be later in the week, kind of a bonus show for this week, Matt, let's get to it with the listener questions. And I, the, the first one I think is just perfect for you. It comes from Andrew and Andrew says, who will play longer from today, starting today from this mm-hmm. point on, who plays longer, who continues their career longer, Le'Veon Bell or James Conner. Matt, you, you obviously have interesting insight into both of those guys as a former Steeler, as a current Steeler in the case of James Conner, maybe maybe soon to be former Steeler. Uh, we'll, we'll find out. Um, the numbers on these guys, which all, uh, all of these play into – what does the rest of their career look like from this point? Le'Veon Bell has played six seasons. That is not counting his holdout season. So he has six years of game action in the NFL, 1,852 touches over that time. Uh, That's rushes and receptions. He's 28 years old and he has three years left on his contract with the Jets. I don't think anybody expects him to fulfill those three years uh, in fact, there was a little bit of talk that he could be cut after uh, last season, after the 2019 year. Does not does not look like that would be the case at this point. <clears throat> James Conner ha- uh, has three years of NFL experience, 452 touches in the league. He's 25 years old. Actually, Matt... I don't know if you knew this, today is James Conner's birthday.
1: Oh, I did not.
0: He turned 25 years old today. We're recording this on Tuesday, Cinco May Maya the 5th. for J.C. That's
1: right. Yeah. That's
0: right. Uh, and he is entering the final year of his contract. And you've been saying on this show for months now that the Steelers would not be resigning him. They draft Anthony McFarlane. They they added Benny Snell last year. They added Jalen Samuels the year before that. Uh, It does look like they're kind of laying the groundwork to let him walk after the 2020 season. So with all of that said, who lasts longer from now until the end of their career?
1: Very hard question, because running backs don't last long, and they've both had a fair amount of wear and tear, and injuries, and sitting a year out, I mean, oddly enough, and even a Lev Bell suspension, and overcoming cancer, I mean, so there's a lot of obstacles going against these guys. I I wanted to get your opinion on Lev Bell, though. I mean, I look at the Jets and think their offense is going to be better this year. I mean, I like the two rookies they added, but mostly I'm just a Darnold believer And I know their offense was horrendous last year, but a lot of that was non-Darnold time. And I look at Bell and think, P Ryan, who they drafted, is kind of a nice sleeper for rookie drafts, that he may end up being a prominent member of that team. But the reality is, it's Bell's backfield. So, like, for redraft reasons, I think Bell's a sneaky value still, even at his age, because I think he's going to be a pretty... Accomplished receiver as well. Do you agree with that for the short term on Lev?
0: Yeah, I think so. There, there's been so much anti-Jet talk uh, really since Adam Gaze took over, and I mean, I've I've had my own share of that. Just concern about any of their players that I, I think most of the players on this offense were seeing it with Denzel Mims in rookie drafts. We're seeing it with Le'Veon Bell and Sam Darnold in startup drafts or in, in trade value their value has been depressed all across the board. The other thing that I don't know, Matt, maybe it, maybe it factors in, maybe it doesn't, but it's, it's at least noteworthy. I would think is that the jets signed Frank Gore today. So, so there's, there's Frank Gore, there's Le'Veon Bell, there's LaMichael P. Ryan, that, that backfield got crowded pretty quickly after, you know, a, a week ago or two weeks ago, prior to the draft, we were saying, it's Le'Veon Bell and not much else, and, and now there's not necessarily competition. I don't think either one of those guys are going to take his his job, but they are going to at least uh, spell him, which nobody could really do last year. For me, when it comes down to it, I think even though he's, he's not that right now, we can call Le'Veon Bell over his career an elite running back. Oh, yeah. We cannot say the same about James Conner. So, uh, even with the age difference, even with the difference in the the, the workload over their career, I think I'm more confident in, in Bell being in the league in 2022 than I am uh, James Conner.
1: Yeah, I think that's well said. And I'm glad you mentioned the Gore thing because I think best case scenario... Gore doesn't even make the team, you know. Like maybe that, maybe that happens. You know, I mean, at this stage of his career, he's even guaranteed a roster spot. He doesn't play special teams. Worst case scenario, though, he's your goal line back, and that stinks. Um, as for Connor, the Steelers have said all the right things about him lately. That we think his injuries have been fluky. They're not recurring. They're not, you know, the same pull or the same ankle over and over. Mm-hmm. And I do know that people point to, well, James overcame, you know, a very awful disease. Does that make his body weaker? Nobody seems to know that. I mean, that's just people saying things. So I wouldn't go down that road, but he hasn't shown to be able to be a, an everyday or, you know, a weekend and weekend, the guy that you can count on by any means. And I can't imagine that they'll resign him after the year. He's also a bit of a fumbler, which Lev Bell never was. So, I just think Connor could have a fine year, or he could have an average year. And if he's an average year with like McFarland mixed in, who I've been trying to grab in my dynasty drafts too, I, I can see Connor being that that running back that not that the not maybe almost in the Devontae Freeman mold, where you're you're well into free agency and he hasn't found a home and there just isn't a landing spot, and then all of a sudden you can't give him away.
0: Yeah, Devontae Freeman was actually on my mind a little bit when I was thinking about this question. Uh, And and Freeman is not the first free agent running back to struggle to find a team. Uh, And and James Conner could be in that situation this time next year. Matt, our next question comes from Nick. Nick says, who do you prefer in your dynasty league over the next three years? A.J. Brown, Odell Beckham Jr., Chris Godwin. Uh, So a a couple of important numbers here for these three players. First, their ages. A.J. Brown is 22. Uh, He'll turn 23 during the season. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., 27. He turns 28 during the season. And Chris Godwin just turned 24 years old. Uh, So a a noteworthy age gap between Beckham and the other two players. Uh, ADP reflects uh, those numbers a little bit. Chris Godwin, his May ADP, according to the data from Dynasty League Football, is 11 overall, so he's a first rounder. Uh, AJ Brown, 27 overall, early third rounder, and right behind AJ Brown is Odell Beckham at 28 overall.
1: It's a tough question. Why don't you? Why don't you field it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, the the three year. Uh, piece of the question uh, I think changes things if we fast forward three years uh, OBJ is over 30 and and these other two guys are still still not even to the age that that Beckham is right now so uh, for me that puts him clearly third on this list Uh, if I'm spending a startup pick if I'm uh, paying up in a big dynasty trade for one of these three to me Beckham is worth the least of, of the trio and and i think it's not necessarily all that close Godwin and, and brown despite the the big gap in adp uh, again Godwin a late first rounder AJ brown an early third rounder those two are are basically a coin flip for me i, I would still prefer Godwin um I, I think the the upside of that tampa Bay offense is a little greater overall but those two like i said basically, a a toss up. And then if you factor value into it, uh, at least again, according to this ADP, maybe you would have to swing to Brown, right? So if, if I have to spend a a late first rounder on, on Chris Godwin, or I could trade down to a third rounder and, and get Brown and something else. When, when you factor that piece into it, I would prefer Brown.
1: Yeah. A lot of good information there. I mean, he didn't ask it in that manner. I'm wondering if he can, trade for one of the three and is he or she, or it's Nick, so I'm going to assume that that's a man. Uh, <laughs> you, can, you can go for one of those three and if the price is equal, Um I'm with you. I think I would go Godwin Brown, OBJ. But one year ago, which seems like an eternity sometimes, and sometimes it feels like nothing, OBJ was my number one receiver in Dynasty. You know, I mean, even going to the Browns. And I think at his best, and I don't think he was healthy much last year. I I believe that. I think his his best football was not played last year. And I think when he's at his best, he's the hardest guy to cover of these three. He's the best football player of these three. But he's coming off a down year. And the age thing, like you mentioned, has to make him three. Um, Brown, to me, of course, is the best of the rookie receivers. And I love him. But I have two minor concerns in that... I think every team now will scheme his way. You know, like early in the year, eh, him and Corey Davis might be equal. Now it's going to be, you're the number one. And is he going to have that juju year where it's hard being the number one? You know, like I'm not used to this attention in year two. And as great as he is, I don't know that he's going to bust 70 and 80 yarders after the catch like he did as a rookie. You know, like that's a little fluky for me. And therefore, I'm going to take Godwin. I think he's the most in his prime. I think he's an all-around great receiver. I think he's in for a huge year with Brady. And I guess my only... I'm having a hard time finding negatives for him, except for maybe he doesn't know who his quarterback is two years from now, certainly three years from now.
0: Yeah, all fair points. Next question comes from Aaron. Aaron says, what are we doing with Cam Newton? Is he going to sign somewhere? Do we try to move him for a pick or a different piece, or just hold and hope for the best. Uh, and then he, he throws in. He's not going to be the next Kaepernick, is he? Uh, I, don't I, wait. I, I don't think so. I think he'll he'll land a job and, and of course, different uh, situations coming into play between Cam Newton and Colin Kaepernick, uh, for better or worse, I guess. Mm-hmm. With Cam Newton's situation, it, first of all, I would say I, I wouldn't go out and sell him uh I, I don't think you're going to get much um certainly in a one quarterback league I, I, I honestly yeah in a one quarterback league you're probably not even getting a third round pick uh so I would certainly hold him there I would also hold him in a in a super flex league because the day he signs honestly even if he even if he settles for a backup job I think he has more value than he has right now when there's a, a little bit of uncertainty if he's even going to play as far as potential uh, landing spots for him, it's it's obviously getting very thin. You look at the, the Raiders and the Bears enter the offseason with uh, quarterback concerns. Potentially, they both – I don't want to say they address those because I think they still have questions, but the, the Raiders sign Marcus Mariota. The Bears trade for Nick Foles. Now, instead of having one iffy quarterback, they each have two iffy quarterbacks mm-hmm. – And that probably just means they're not going to uh, make a play for Cam Newton. We saw the Chargers uh, and the Dolphins both draft a a quarterback in the top six. They both have a veteran uh, with Tyrod Taylor in in L.A., Ryan Fitzpatrick in Miami. I I think that eliminates the the combination of the veteran and the rookie eliminates those two from contention for Cam Newton. I I think that leaves four possible landing spots Uh, the first one and and the one that I think would probably be the best I don't know this this was tough I guess Uh, but Denver Broncos they've got Drew Locke now I've seen plenty of Denver people both media and fans say this is not going to happen Drew Locke is our guy and I'm I'm just going to to take their word for it they know their team better than I do It, it seems like uh from from the front office down to the to the average fan, they are sold on Drew Locke as their quarterback. So uh, I think while, while they could be viewed as a possible landing spot or, or maybe they have a quarterback hole, I don't think they view it that way. The Jaguars, we know the story there. Gardner Minshew, nice rookie season, a surprising rookie season. They dump Nick Foles, wisely got out of that contract. Uh, I, I think... That that could be a, a landing spot, but I also think they're just set on losing in twenty twenty, and uh, and really, I don't think even if if Minshew flops, I don't think Cam Newton would be a fit there. The Redskins spin the high pick on uh, on Dwayne Haskins a year ago. They make the coaching change. Uh, you know, there's even been. A lot of Alex Smith talk lately. Uh, They sign um, they sign Kyle Allen, former uh, former quarterback, with Ron Rivera down in Carolina. So I don't know about that one either. I'm I'm guessing that would not work. I I don't I don't know what kind of relationship Newton had with uh, with Rivera. It's it seemed to be pretty positive. And then of course the last option is the New England Patriots. And and that's probably the one we could say is the best. They've got Jared Stidham right now. They they did not draft a quarterback, surprisingly. They didn't sign a quarterback in free agency outside of Brian Hoyer. I don't think Cam definitely necessarily fits what we've seen Bill Belichick do, but I also think Bill Belichick can do whatever he needs to as far as schemes and mm-hmm. and overall offense to fit his quarterback. Um, there was there was a lot of Andy Dalton talk to to New England, Matt, and and we know that did not work out as as Dalton landed in Denver. What do you see for Cam Newton?
1: Those are the four. Unless he waits and waits and someone gets hurt and then all of a sudden his phone lights up, you know, the, but if we don't have preseason, who's going to get hurt? You know, like remember when Bradford got traded to Minnesota. I mean, I think he's going to be patient. And if none of those happen by now, I don't expect them to happen this week or soon, but then again, it could happen tonight. Um, You know, I, I think it's interesting in Washington that they traded for Allen. Like they went out of their way to get him. And he didn't play well last year, but he's toolsy and knows the new system. They like him. I think they might be done. And I've often th- – the whole Brady saga, the thing that was intrigued me the most was what's Belichick going to do as a replacement? And I thought he might go get an athlete and say, I hate playing against Lamar Jackson. I want a version of that. But I think they really do like Stidham. I don't think that's a smokescreen. I think they're going to play defense develop a quarterback and go from there. So I don't see a, the ideal landing spot. I mean, the teams you mentioned are great. It's sh- one of my shocks of the offseason is Denver didn't add some kind of quality backup. That they're that far in the deep end on lock. That they're totally in and are, you know, supporting him with great weapons. So I just don't see it now. I mean, I don't see the answer. I didn't see Dalton going to the Cowboys either, but that kind of made a little bit sense after the fact. And I think in the end, I'm trying to buy him on the cheap, especially in Superflex. I'm certainly not moving on from him. I don't think he's done playing football. I don't think he's done being a potential quarterback one. You just might have to just be, just have to wait on it.
0: Well, this time a week ago, of course, we had Andy Dalton who was readily available Uh, The the Bengals had we're hoping to trade him. We have Cam Newton and Jameis Winston, both as free agents. And now both Dalton and Winston settle for for clear backup jobs. Dalton behind Dak Prescott in Dallas. And Winston, a one-year deal to back up Drew Brees, which I think is a a great move for him. Mm -hmm. And, and, And the question becomes, does Cam Newton... Uh, get the same treatment, he settles for a backup job, or does he wait out, wait it out and, uh, you know, I guess we could say hope for an injury to land a starting gig? Uh, clearly his value is down. I agree with you. I would be holding him. I don't think, you just think back to how bad the quarterback play has been the past couple years. It feels like he's going to get an opportunity sooner or later.
1: The thing is, even if he's a hundred percent healthy, though he's not for everyone. You know, you have to have a specific scheme. You have to build your offense around his strengths. And at his age, are his strengths still the same as they were when he came into the league? Does he want to run like he used to? And I really think the biggest reason he hasn't signed is. Doctors need to get there. If you're going to get signed a potential franchise quarterback, you need to be able to bring him in your building and have your doctors look at him and check out his injuries, and they haven't been able to do that. So he's been the guy that I think has benefited least from the, the pandemic and all that. So, you know, odd situation, but I bet a year from now he's entrenched somewhere as a starter. So grab him while you can. Um, folks. Most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team just like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to go see what all the buzz in the Dynasty community is about. They have free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and so much more. Think it sounds complicated? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Think you're among the fantasy elite? You probably do if you're listening to us. Well, this is a platform to test your mettle. You're still not sure? You can test out your general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction. And if you like what you see, use the promo code BLUEPRINT, all one word, to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today fantasy just got real at reality dot com.
0: matt our next question comes from b donley and he says would you be worried to have patrick mahomes tyree kill travis kelsey and clyde edwards hilaire all on the same dynasty team no <laughs> no 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 <laughs> not if you like winning money yeah, I would be I would be the opposite of where I'd be very <laughs> excited. Uh, last year, Patrick Mahomes was a top 12 quarterback. He was a quarterback one in 64% of his games. Travis Kelsey was a tight end one in 88% of his games. Tyreek Hill was a top 24 wide receiver in half of his games. We know both Mahomes and Tyreek uh, dealt with injury issues last year. They add the explosive running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to that. I would be ecstatic to have all four of those guys on my team, uh, on all of my teams. I wish I wish I could snap my fingers and get all four of them. I mean, with Mahomes, we're talking about a top uh, one or two dynasty quarterback. Kelsey, a top two dynasty tight end. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the 101 in rookie drafts. Tyree Kill, a top top five dynasty wide receiver. Absolutely. I'm I'm not worried about the one by week. I'm not worried about um
1: Mahomes getting hurt.
0: Right. I'm not worried about Kelsey having a down week and Hill having a big week. Even even if that flip flops, uh I, I still think you're coming out ahead in that scenario. I mean the the Chiefs averaged again, this is without Mahomes, without Tyreek Hill for chunks of the season. They still averaged thirty points a game last year. Uh, second best in the league behind only the Ravens. So absolutely not. Would love to have all four of those guys uh, on my roster.
1: Yeah, I don't know what else to add to it. I mean, I think they're going to score 30 to 50 points a game. <laughs> That's a lot of touchdowns to go around. It's a lot of yardage to go around. Even if disaster was strike and Mahomes were to go down, I still think Andy Reid gets points out of this offense. Um, they're a little bit, they're not all the exact same age that they're all going to fall off a cliff together. I mean, so, uh, I don't have any problems with that and heck you can give me me Cole Hardman in the mix too.
0: That's right. Yeah. Give, give me all the chiefs. I'll take, yeah, I'll
1: pick Watkins too. Right. Why not? Uh,
0: B Donnelly also had a question about a former chief Kareem Hunt. He said, what are your views on Kareem Hunt? Should I hold? It's hard to sell because his value is pretty low. Uh, so Kareem Hunt, uh, of course, was suspended for the first half of last season. Came in uh, after signing with the Browns, and he he never cracked that RB one territory in uh, in a, a week. Uh, not was not a top twelve running back at all in any week last season. But that's that's to be expected playing behind Nick Chubb. But he was an RB two, so somewhere in that RB 13 to 24 range, 62% of his games last year. He stays with Cleveland. They don't really add any competition in the backfield. We, we can expect it to be kind of a a repeat of what we saw the second half of last season, where Chubb was the uh, Chubb is the starter and and he's going to be the primary ball carrier, but it's Kareem hunt. Who's getting the targets looking at at some recent trades because b donley mentioned the uh the value was pretty low I, I i felt that way as well i think there were a lot of people who were disappointed hunt did not get a a starting job but personally i never saw that coming i thought he would actually stay with the with the browns considering his contract and, and considering his his history as well some recent trades i pulled from the Dynasty Trade Finder at DLF, Kareem Hunt for the two point oh one and two point oh eight. So you're selling Hunt for the thirteenth overall pick. We're talking Michael Pittman or T. Higgins or Henry Ruggs or Denzel Mims plus the two point oh eight, the later second rounder. I think I would I would sell Hunt for that price. Matt, what do you think?
1: What was the deal again?
0: Two point oh one and okay. two point oh eight for Kareem Hunt.
1: Yeah, I think I'd rather have the picks. I mean, because yeah. I'm really high on Pittman and Rager. I mean, like the guys at two point oh one, I might rather have than Hunt. Maybe. Yeah, maybe.
0: Right. I think. I think that's. Uh, in fact, the the two second rounders here, with the one being the the two point oh one, actually feels like a, a big win for the Kareem Hunt side. Speaking of a big win for the Kareem Hunt side, another trade I saw Kareem Hunt even up for Debo Samuel. Oh no. Yeah. Land, landslide Debo Samuel side. And then the other one was a little closer Kareem Hunt and Devontae Parker for Henry Ruggs.
1: I'd rather have those two.
0: I, I think I would rather have the, the two veterans as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, but, but again, that just kind of goes to show you his, his current value. So
1: Kind of all over the place, which makes sense.
0: Right, right. It it really does because there are so many widely varied views of Hunt and his value. Uh, and, and again, all of those trades are in the, within the past two weeks or so.
1: Do you agree that he's one of these rare backs that if everybody's healthy is a flex week to week and if Chubb goes down, he's a top? five, six, seven guys. Yeah,
0: yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And, and that's, that's the great thing about him. Even Mm -hmm. as we get closer to the, to the NFL season and everything looks, uh, you know, everything is in place with that, with that Browns offense. Even now he's, he's a, he's, he's a solid backup fantasy backup, or he's a flex option. He's an RB three. You can stick him in your lineup in a PPR league where where he is going to see those targets, right. and you can get that uh, that fantasy production from him. So, um, I based on the trades I'm seeing, I don't necessarily know that Kareem Hunt is being undervalued. I think his 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 value might be back on the upswing after the initial free agency disappointment. Uh, but if I have him, I'm I'm certainly not panic selling him or anything like that.
1: Let me give you three rookies. Would you rather have Hunt or Keyshawn Vaughn?
0: Yeah, that that that's really a toss up for me. I, yeah. I would probably take uh I think I would probably take Hunt there still.
1: That's I'm, close I'm, for me, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm still not sold on Keyshawn Vaughn.
1: Hunt over AJ Dillon. Yes. Hunt over Ayuk.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: again, that's that's yeah, the right, range right. that we're
0: talking about, the two point oh one. I I'd probably take Hunt there.
1: Okay, yeah, so we're yeah. that's about where he's at. That makes sense to me. Late yeah. first at the best, I'd give up, you know, if you love him. Right,
0: right. Next question, Matt. This will be our last question of this episode. It comes from Coach Rounds. And, Matt, you had some Sam Darnold uh, comments earlier in the show. He wants to know about Sam Darnold. Did Sam Darnold show enough growth in weeks 10 through 17 last season to make mems crowder and paraman viable options so sam darnold had a rough start to his 2019 season uh got mono and somehow missed multiple weeks with that i don't know still a little a little bit of I don't know uncertainty around that whole story just kind of seemed very weird, but regardless missed a big chunk of the first half of the season comes back. And and from week 10 to 17, as coach rounds mentioned played really well over that time, he averaged uh, 20.8 fantasy points per game. He was the quarterback eight uh, over that span. Again, that's weeks 10 through 17 just for reference weeks one through nine. Most of that time, honestly, he was not even on the field. But in the games that he did play that first part of the season, he averaged just 14.6 points, fantasy points per game. So uh, a, a big jump up in the back half of the season. Matt, you've already told us you are a Darnold supporter. It's basically a question for me of, can the growth and the improvement of Sam Darnold outweigh the uh, the decisions and, and the head coaching of Adam Gaze in that offense. And what do we think about Denzel Mims, Jamison Crowder, Brashad Perriman as fantasy options?
1: I'm quietly intrigued by the whole passing game, including Herndon. I, I think grab Herndon while you still can. I liked him a lot a year ago. wasn't his fault that his stock has fallen in the last 365 days. Um, I'm a big Darnold fan. I know Gase is an oddball and not easy to like, but I think he knows offense. I think he knows how to design offense, make life easier on a quarterback, develop a quarterback. I trust those aspects of Gase. And I put this crazy spreadsheet together for NFL reasons, not not fantasy, uh, of a lot of hidden stats and yardage and things like that. And the Jets really were one of the teams that popped for me. In that, you know, people forget they were 7-9 and nine last year. I mean, they do not seem like a 7-9 and nine team. And, and almost, I think they lost every game that Darnold didn't play. And they had the worst yards per play on offense. I gotta think that goes up. I mean, most of that was the Falk games, which were just horrific. They were, according to Football Outsiders, the most injured team in the entire league. Is that going to keep up? I mean, they had some of the absolute worst starting field position in the league. They were minus 203 in terms of net penalty yards throughout the year. That'll probably get closer to zero. So there was a lot of things working against the Jets, and some of them were self-inflicted, don't get me wrong. I mean, some of it's just bad football. But I think a lot of it was when Darnold wasn't in. Yeah,
0: and and most of that success, you mentioned them getting uh, near 500 by the end of the season, most of that success did come uh, in in the back half from week 10 on when Darnold was healthy and, you know, back back to 100%, I guess. So I think there is hope, uh, certainly for, for Mims' case as, as a rookie coming in. All, all three of those guys, Mims, Perriman, and Crowder, they're very easy to acquire, especially the two veterans right now. So if you're looking for that, uh, again, that flex option, that bi-week starter, it, th- those are guys worth gambling on.
1: Do you agree on Herndon? Would you be targeting him yes. a little bit? Yeah. Yes,
0: yeah, I would agree on Herndon, actually. Uh, I mean, we, we, saw, uh, we saw Ryan Griffin have a lot of success in that offense, so much so that he got a new contract. I think a lot of people thought that was – was bad news for Herndon and, and I, I get that perspective, but I, still a lot to like about Herndon. Like you said, it was, uh, it, it was mostly injuries that took its toll on him. I hear. All right, Matt, great show. Great, uh, insight into all of these questions. We've got a few more we're going to cover on the next episode. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next time with more Dynasty Blueprint.